Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot Body Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Uh, welcome along to History Box our occasional <clears throat> historical one-off deep dive in something or other uh, that is significant in the world of history. Uh, today, we've decided to look at the video to Careless Whisper by George Michael from 1984. Because uh, we, oh, I can't think of... We, neither of us could think of anything more significant in history no. off the top of our heads than that, could we? 1984, so, um, I would say, is probably the second best year ever after, obviously, Euro 96. The second best year of just anything, or music, or just... Just, de- just no, of, just of anything. General. Yeah. Of anything. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not just focusing in on one yeah. thing. No, the, when, when yeah. you know, historians like us uh, look mm. at, you know, human history, they're going to go, mm. number one, easily, no debates there, Euro 96. <laughs> number two, probably <laughs> 1984, which couldn't have been further from George uh, Orwell's nightmarish dystopia if you'd tried. I didn't see George yeah. Orwell predicting fucking Careless Whisper coming out. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was for me because I, I mean, my early life was defined by music because mm. I was just totally obsessed with it. And 84 was the year when Frankie Goes to Hollywood loomed large. Yeah. And they were my favourite group ever at the time. So 84 has to be the best. And also add stuff like this and... Um, I mean, you also had, let's face it, the thing about George Orwell in 1984. Yeah. And you had the, the threat of nuclear warfare at all times. Well, that's, I think, so why... there was plenty going on. I think that's why... I mean, we did a top-flight tune machine on a particular chart of 1984. In which, 84, w- yeah. which I think was the best. We concluded at the time that th- th- there was no better top 40 ever than this. It's just... Yeah, that that one's just going out at the minute to the um <clears throat> to the non IFS. Yeah, we did it nine months ago. The freeloaders are getting it, and it's a three parter because it was. It was such so a good, good. And the thing is, a lot of the music I can't remember it all now. But that when you think of that, I just think of it as like that for me was the eighties, like that one, that sort of moment in time because everything was colourful and upbeat and fun. And I can't help but and obviously Wham represented that so perfectly mm. but I I can't help but think that part of the influence behind everything being so because it was the same in movies as well 
Like it was, this was the <clears> era of so many kind of great eighties movies, as well as all these great. Yeah. And it was all sort of fun and frivolous, right, and mad. And I think that must have had something to do with the fact that we were all living under the the spectre of nuclear disaster. Probably, yeah. Who knows? I think, I think as well. But I think this was something that they were saying in the New Romantics documentary I was watching last week, mm. which um, wasn't that good, really. Um, that it was it was a reaction to Thatcherism and, and mass unemployment, and that mm. people were trying to find joy wherever they could, yeah, and be creative and try to escape from the shit that they were I living think, through. I think that's the, so, I think there's a lot. Of, I think you know that sort <clears> of like way in which on documentaries, a lot of these sorts of documentaries, people fall back on that kind of cultural analysis, don't they? And it's always retrospective. Mm. And the people who are actually there, you know, George Michael's not going fucking out. I didn't write Careless Whisper because of fucking, because of, you know, what the Kremlin were fucking saying at the time. I just wrote <laughs> it because it sounded like a good idea, right? I wanted to be, but, but, but in this case, I actually do believe that's true <laughs> because I think you are driven to more outlandish sort of ways of living because it, it, it's sort of like, you have to be a bit more cavalier as a young person, don't you? Like, if you look at one of, of, one of the wealthiest sort of, times there was a, a small era between like the mid 90s and the early noughties like basically 2001 when 9 11 happened right that was you mm. can almost argue was the most comfortable period of of in history, uh, in history for, particularly for british people right there was yeah. peace the cold war was over right there was a lot of prosperity because there'd been recessions in the early nineties. That like there was, <clears throat> we we had the Good Friday Agreement. The Good Friday Ireland Agreement was over. Everything and you know people like you can <clears throat> see like statistically everyone's standard of living not everyone's but as a general trend standard of living was going up for everyone. Social mobility was on the rise. Everything was good. And yet, if you look at the culture of that era, right. It was re- like young people. I remember because I was first doing stuff in journalism, and and I, had, and I, I did a lot of things about why it was that young people were totally disengaged from politics or social issues. Yeah. Like whereas in the eighties, obviously everyone had been so mobilised and passionate, and it was like people were totally just not. It wasn't that they were disenchanted; they were completely indifferent. Right. And the big yeah. bands and, and bands that were coming through were people like, it was Coldplay's like massive era where they broke through. And then you had bands like Keen yeah. and stuff like that, right? And who were the other ones? Snow Patrol. There was like quite a lot of bland music, right? That became popular, mm. that had no sort of fire or passion to it. And uh, I think it was because life was fucking... Because everything was hunky-dory. There was no yeah, spark. Yeah, exactly. There was no spark. There was nothing <clears throat> to make you angry yeah. or fearful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't have to sing when two tribes go to war. A point is all that you can score because that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't an issue. It wasn't a worry. I feel so unsure as I take your hand and lead you to the dance floor. To the dance floor. I mean, that is a line dripping in rage. Rage (laughs) and a sense of fundamental injustice. (laughs) That's what George was saying. (laughs) <laughs> time will never friend the, the ke- top 40 will never mend the careless whisper of a good friend I don't, I think that was a commentary on the Cold War but anyway yeah I'm just looking down the top 40 best selling singles of that year and there's some fucking blinders 39 Joe Fagan that's living alright mm. 
38, uh, Together Electric Dreams, ah, Marauder and Orky. Best video You've ever. Got we should have done Brannigan that. Laura Branigan, Self Control. Ah, I love that. You've got uh, Break Machine, Street Dance. You've got oh my God. Uh, Prince, When Doves Cry. Ah. 1984. I mean, a lot, there are a lot of people who claim that's the best pop single of all time. Pointer Sisters, Automatic, Tina Turner, What's Love Got To Do With It, Phil Collins, Against All Odds, Take A Look At Me Now, Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, White Lines Don't Do It, and then we're at the top ten. Wham, Freedom, Duran Duran and the Reflex, Shaka Khan, I Feel For You, covered that before, yes. haven't we? Ghostbusters, Agadu, Careless yes. Whisper at five. <laughs> Lionel Richie hello at four Stevie Wonder I just caught this I love you and then Frankie goes to Hollywood number one and two with relax and two tries this is what a year that is what oh. I'm saying mate that is that list has several songs that genuinely I would say yeah they're in my personal top ten singles ever yeah right and that is like quite remarkable that is fucking am- it reminds me also of, um, which I've probably talked about when we did thing, when I had a disco. Because I'm thinking, imagine the disco, right? Nine years yeah. old, I had my ninth birthday party. We had a disco at my house, yeah? And <clears throat> what made me think of I it was, was that... Out. What, what, I, what, I, what made me think of it is when you said, you're saying all these songs which are legitimately pretty cool, like When Doves Cry, yeah. Automatic by Point of Sister, Shaka Khan, right? These are like pop songs, yes, but they're also very cool and incredible. But also, there is Ghostbusters and Agadoo, which, let's be fair, <laughs> are fucking absolute bangers at a nine-year-old's birthday party, yeah? So yeah. all the kids yeah. have been fucking body-popping to, like, White Lines, a song about cocaine. And then my older brother, who, of course, was the DJ, goes, right, cunts, how do you follow that? Like this. Agadoo! <laughs> Do, 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 push by an apple, shake the tree. <laughs> and then finish with Ghostbusters. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's the chart of the year. Um, no Star Council in that top 100. Oh. Curious. They were too cool to be best selling. Star Council must have been quite niche. Yeah, niche they, were, so they were sort of like a hip indie band in a way. I mean, not in their sound, yeah. but in their sort the of kind of st- yeah. Vibe. Singles would go into the chart and then be out again like three weeks later. I mean, the competition but, uh, that's, anyway. That's not relevant. To this, this was this was like a, a massive fucking time. You know, singles, even yeah. average singles, were like selling fucking gargantuan but- amounts. And and then they all came together at the end of the year for Bandit. Exactly. That that because very much bookended this landmark yeah. watershed <laughs> cultural year. Um Yeah. Anyway, uh so George Michael, a uh, couple of bits about the song before we get into the video, which is amazing. Um in the book, which we've mentioned lots of times by his manager, I'm coming to take you to lunch by uh oh what's his name? I always forget it. Bloke with a double power name. Simon Nip Bell. Bell. He explains that they went over to make it I think they made it like with Jerry Wexler at like Muscle Shoals or whatever. Right? Yeah. And he kept getting in uh, like George Michael explains in his own book how it's quite famous that he wrote this when he was a teenager on a bus, right? Yeah. And he specifically, and I've just read this now, came up with the saxophone hook as he was paying the bus, the bus conductor. So he's getting on the <laughs> fucking bus, right, to go ice skating, apparently. And the, bu- and the bus goes, all right, that'll be, that'll be 10 pence, please, or whatever. <laughs> and he, as he hands him over the money, for some reason, George Michael gets this in his head. And the bus driver's like, mate, 
Tempe. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, was I, was, I, was I doing that out loud? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> mate. Internal monologue just spilled out. So he goes, so he's written it, and then he, he used to uh, DJ in the Bel Air restaurant in Bushy, Hertfordshire, where he's from, which is right next door to Watford. Right. And he, and there was a geezer who played saxophone there, and I think he sung the song a couple of times and got the guy to play that the famous saxophone bit. Right. And according to legend, yeah. he's over there with Jerry Wexler thinking, right, this is my transition to be a serious, credible solo artist. So I'm going to go out and record mm. with the great Jerry Wexler at Muscle Shoals, right? Mm. And he's out there doing it and they bring in like one sax, one legendary saxophonist after another. So they're getting the best guys, you know, from fucking Detroit, all the session musicians from Philadelphia, from the Philly soul scene, mm. All of these people from all over the US have been flown in at huge expense because George Michael's such hot property. And every single one, these are the best of the best fucking jazz musicians, you know. And George mm. Michael's going, no, nah, I don't <clears throat> like it. No, it's not quite right. No, it's a bit off. Right? Yeah. And because he's such hot property, Drew Wicks is just having to take this shit and go, oh, all right, instead of just going, for fuck's sake, you silly cunt, you're never going to hear the saxophone play better than how that bloke just did it, right? In the yeah. end... You know what George Michael does? He gets the fucking geezer from the Bel Air restaurant in Bushy flown over first class. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the version that goes on the single because he said yeah. there's something slightly off about it and the other versions were too perfect. He wanted yeah. it to be a little bit... <clears throat> whereas your jazz musicians would have made it too like... And he got the block from the pub to do it. Yeah, he yeah. got the pub saxophonist to do it. Anyway, go. the video is the video. Well, this came into my head, uh, <clears throat> but it wasn't. It wasn't the Jerry Wexler version that got released, was it? Because George w- went and re-recorded it himself and produced it himself. Oh, well, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe Maybe George. I I think that I read that he got him flown over that guy, but maybe it was just on the George final version. He had the geezer from the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, I don't know if he did it or not, or whether he did, and then he ended up doing the whole thing. But he definitely did the whole thing himself. He, it wasn't the Wexler version that came out. But um, I'll do it myself. Fuck Fuck's this. sake. They're fucking amateur hour. You want I'll a job doing properly, do it yourself. This is a fucking joke. I'll go home and do it myself, thanks. Thanks all the same. Jerry, whatever your name is. <laughs> um, in the video, the main thanks, thing no, that I think of when I think of the George Mike, the Kelly Swift video mm. usually is him with the most incredible sort of Lady Di hairstyle. Um, and yeah. a nice suit, walking in a dark room amongst some ropes, which I always thought was strange. Along the ropes. I mean, I, it, and he's touching the ropes, isn't like, he? He's like walking I used through to think, them and is touching it, is them. This, and... Is he thinking of like hanging himself or something here? I mean, this is weird. Mm. And and there's a chain as well. Yeah. Or, yeah. And he stands behind the chain, and holds onto the chain like it's a microphone stand, isn't he? At the beginning. Yeah. And it's always. What's he doing? Is he is he spending all his money on it? Is he opening a rope shop? What's going on? <laughs> For sailors. Is, is he going to retire? Is this a sign? <laughs> is he into sailors? But he's heterosexual. What's going on? Uh, it was so weird. But the when I saw it popped up the other day, and I thought, oh, the bit I always forget about because everyone always remembers the ropes, the confusing ropes and chains that he's wandering in and out of. <laughs> yeah. But they even get there's a. It's like all the best 80s videos, there's a narrative with acting, yeah. which is 
just the yeah. sign of a great 80s video. And it is about George cheating on a perfectly nice gal with... And I, mm. I, I'm a bit ashamed. I don't use this word liberally, but the woman who he cheats with is a bit chanty, right? She is... Yeah, she is, isn't she? She's a bit... She's and nice. At the end of the day, takes two to tango, right? So I'm not mm. trying to get George out of it, saying, oh, George was helpless and was seduced by a bitch. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. But the bit yeah. I don't like is, is that he's got this really nice girl, very very pretty girl, yeah. more of a girl next door, right? Yeah. And she comes to George's hotel room in Miami after mm. he has just spent the night with the bitch, right? And when is yeah. girl? I don't having having sex, which was probably a lot better. Yeah, because than the sex he was having with his girlfriend. It's awful, just awful to say, but I mean, come on, your bitch sex that, is that, the that's best sex. Probably, probably. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's probably what's happened. I'm just reading between the lines here. Jalapeno. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. Well, he's already feeling guilty. You can tell he regrets it. And yeah. basically, the bitch, she's like, she couldn't give a fuck. Um. She's like, I'm looking good. The, I'm, I'm off, off now. I've had my fun. Right. Going back a little bit to the beginning, I'm looking at 54 seconds in, and he's in the, the, the dark room with the ropes and the chain, which looks like it's backstage at a theatre or something. And then right at the back, I'm looking for symbols mm. and symbolism yeah. here. Right at the back of the scene, George is there with the microphone stand at the front. There's a single chair, an armchair, and it's got a massive broom lent against it, oh. like one of them really wide brooms that's like about yeah. two foot wide. So you're expecting Eric Morecambe to suddenly walk behind him. <laughs> you're expecting Eric Morecambe, I was just going to say that, yeah. If Comet Relief was going in those days, then maybe someone yeah, would have yeah. conjured that idea. But this was the year that Eric Morecambe had died, 84. Oh, I think. So maybe it was, a, it was a, tribute. a tribute to Morecambe. A nod to, to Eric Morecambe, yeah. So he's singing there into the microphone. We're doing this without listening to the song. No point. And then it cuts to a bit where he's in Miami. He's there with 
uh, we're at one minute and four seconds. He's with the, the I'm going to say, slightly bland-looking girlfriend. Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah. I'm not attracted to her at all. It's not about me, but I'm not attracted well, to her at all. But uh, maybe they just had a, a lot of a in kiss common. There. Yeah, they're having a bit of a kiss. He's got his boombox next to him. He's probably been listening to the demos of the new Wham album. Yeah, it's um, not bad. There that. she is. Yeah, we'll lock that out. I think <laughs> that's done now. Uh, I'll, do, I'll get messy. I'll, I'll ring the rent I'll, get, I'll send Andrew one of them faxes. I'll arrange for a fax to be sent from the hotel. There's a. I'll go and talk to the concierge. He's quite helpful, actually. He um he recommended a fantastic restaurant the other night for dinner. So I'll get on all right with him. I tipped him quite generously as well, so he owes me one. I'll see if he can arrange for a fax to be sent over to Andrew back in England to tell him to go ahead with that. Proceed. Proceed. I will be back in a couple of... I'm thinking of staying out here a bit longer. Stop. I've listened to demo. Stop. Sounds decent. Stop. Proceed. (laughs) Stop. All the best, George. There we go. Now proceed with the release. Get that fax to Andrew. <laughs> sure, sir. Uh, we do have access to a fax machine. Could you? All you? All I need from you is the name Andrew. His name's Andrew. Sure, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> right. And um, what's his fax number? It's what his fax number. I don't he's, fucking he's, know. He hasn't got a fucking fax. No one in England's got a Listen, fax. Listen, trust me. If you fucking Just address this it. fax. To Andrew Ridgely, it'll find him, because you might not have heard of him, but let me tell you, he's one half of the biggest fucking pop act in the country. It'll get to him, all right? If you just put on the front, right, just put Andrew Ridgely, care of Wham, London, it'll get to him, because everyone knows who he is. <laughs> but he needs he needs to have a fax machine That's to the receive the fax. Fa- no, he doesn't. You just send it. Send it to the... Fucking hell. Just find a number of any fax machine in the UK. Preferably London or Hertfordshire, but it just, doesn't really matter, right? Just try some random numbers. Try it. And if try it goes the English through, code. They'll, they'll pass it on. Not, not, four, four. Then make up the rest of the code. It'll land on some fuckers' facts, and they'll get it to Andrew, trust me. He's not hard to track down. He'll be in Tramps. That's his favourite nightclub, and he does a lot of his work <laughs> in the daytime there as well. <laughs> he uses a sort of a, a impromptu de facto office. Yeah. Sort of hot desking kind of setup they've got. <laughs> so uh, yeah, George is having a little bit of a listen to the tip, uh, and then he's back in the uh, darkened studio again, looking very uh, troubled. Mm. Um, doing a bit of singing there, close up on his beautiful face, yeah. beautiful hair. He's out Diana, Diana with that hair, hasn't he? Yeah, he's made a mug of her. Should have been watching that, thinking that yeah. bitch. Yeah. That's probably why he didn't do live aid. He probably banned him because she was there, wasn't yeah. she? Oh, yeah. I think they were made for a while. Why didn't he do fucking live aid? I don't know. Because he was in a single, wasn't he? I don't know. Maybe they were in China that week. Yeah, probably. Why didn't Wham do I'm live sure that will be in the book. In uh, um, the Simon Napier Bell book. Why didn't Wham do a big name no shows at Live Aid? Why weren't Wham there? Couldn't be um, bothered. I mean, to be honest, there were probably loads of groups that weren't there. Prince didn't do it because he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, that, the good thing about um, Prince is, is that there was no cover story. It was just like, don't like the song, nah. shit song, not doing it. That was We Are The World, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting involved with that shit. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I don't know. Don't know why. But anyway, we digress. Hey, Prince back, was like, the video. I'll give him some money. No problem. Hey, how yeah, much do you want? I'll give him 500 quid. Get me checkbook. 500 quid. Signed, Prince. There you go. <laughs> oh, I fucking teared yeah. that one. The perforations aren't true. <laughs> fucking hell. I hate it when that happens. No, I'm not... I know, I know it is still legal. You can cash that in. They can't dispute it at the bank no, as long as no. the signature is clearly visible, which it is. However, because of my aesthetic standards, I am going to give you another check. <laughs> and this one I will... And it's, a, 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 it's a pain in the ass for me because I've got to throw that one away. And then in the stub, I've got to write void. void. And then <laughs> the accountant's probably going to ask questions about what happened. But it's the fucking perforations. Fucking, my fault. That fucking accountant's such a fucking lampard as well. That'll be about maybe, four phone calls about that later this year. Maybe I need to take these lace gloves off when I'm writing checks. Because <laughs> that could be a factor. The thing is, I'm always in hurry because I'm dead busy. So you see them in the films or the adverts, they just pop them straight out, don't they? Pop! Like that. But actually, some of these perforations are shit. And so you, what you've really got to do is press one hand firmly on the stub area... Then the other hand yeah, firmly on the slowly. main check and slowly, slowly remove one perforation by uh, by another. Yeah. Um, you might not know this, but the ones they're using the adverts, they're special ones that they have made, especially for the ads, so the checks can pop yeah, out easy. Don't try doing it at home. Don't try doing it at home because it rarely works. It'll never You've got to use the all press down. All you'll be left with is a load of void check stubs and a fucking headache come tax return season. And the slow tear method. <laughs> Don't try pop them out like they do on the NatWest ads. I've got a mate who works at NatWest and he was on the advert and he says, no, they, they do. That's a special checkbook they have for that. The fucking um, prop man anyway. makes it. It's a snide one. I actually looked into I actually got my management to say, to speak to the people that made the ad and said Prince would like to purchase or arrange for one of them special checkbooks that only get used in the adverts, but for his day-to-day check purposes. And they said, no, can't do it. No, no chance. And it, not even for Prince. I said, money's no object, but they're like, it's not about money. <laughs> it's just. But one thing I have learned is, you know, them big, massive cardboard checks they do for charity, like on Children in Need and that, they are actually legal tender. You can pay them in yeah. at the bank, but... The banks fucking hate it because you can't get them under the little you have to, bit of they glass. They have to open the, the door, and that's a security door, nightmare. And that's a security risk. They don't like it. They do not like but it. I don't give a fuck. I thought, well, if I can't get the special chip, but I'm having them. So what I have, they're made out of, you know, they're sort of like a foam board, very much like what you might mount pictures on, right? That's what they're generally made of. So they're dead light, despite their size. I have them in the basement at um, Paisley Park, my rig. Um, I've got a room just full of about 100 blank ones at any given time. (laughs) And sometimes they're for very trifling amounts that I have to write them out for. You know, like TV licence stuff, which I pay quarterly, so... And I've got uh, I've got one of them that I keep in the boat of the car for an emergency, but only one. If I had more than one and the car got nicked, I'd be fucked because someone would just Absolute write them out nightmare. blank. My, and then... my signature is actually quite easy to forge because it is how it is written. My it's name just, is written on the albums. It's Prince. It's just Prince, and it's written in that sort of lightning bolt writing that I have on the record. <laughs> so you can just trace it off of one of my albums, yeah. no problem. With with hindsight, I should have come up with a special private signature just for financial purposes. Mr. Prince. uh, And for autographs. Different one for autographs, different one for the bank. But no, I never thought I'd... I never thought I'd get this famous, really. 
uh, when I was doing all them songs in the lingerie and that, I thought, this is not going to fucking sell. Uh, I, I'd not have to worry about having a separate signature, but then, then you I, know, things happen. I thought at the time, I'm going to need something else to supplement my income because this in itself is not going to be, like, enough to pay the bills. I will at least need, I don't know what it, I was thinking at the time about opening a or training as a locksmith. That was something that I that I toyed with. You could do a course. My dad was going to put put up front some of the money for me to take the course. You could do it in a long weekend, and then you're a qualified locksmith. And I was going to do the emergency yeah. call-outs because I'm a night owl anyway. Yeah, I'm always up till like three, four in the morning. I can't sleep. Uh, yeah. Funny how life turns out, isn't it, really? <laughs> Look at me now. But the good thing is... Is that I know I've always got that to fall back on. I can, if the music thing doesn't work out, I can uh, fall back on it. Maybe just part time weekends. Pe- people will always need locks, you know. I can regard it as a side hustle, I suppose. If I'd be, I'd, I'd the, be fearful the that the tabloids would get hold of it and start using it to undermine me if it came out that I was still doing it. So if I do do it, which I do sometimes just keep my hand in, I'd go in disguise. Wear a mask. I wear a mask. Yeah, which does it does unsettle some of the clients when I turn up in a yeah, mask. But they're they're obviously a bit spooked usually because someone's trying to smash the lock in anyway. Turn up so, in a hockey uh, mask. Turn up in my mask with all my tools. With my high heels. <laughs> and, my frilly uh, shirt, but with a tool belt round my middle. Looks fucking dead weird, even for me. But <laughs> pair of ladies' knickers under my raincoat. It's. Uh, it's a bit disconcerting, I suppose. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm listening folk. to the yellow pages. I'm listening to the yellow pages as the as the mast uh, the mast locksmith, but uh, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or not. To have a gimmick. I don't know if people trust locksmiths with gimmicks. What I do is, I mean, trust them the nice thing reliable. is, I, I probably could get more business if I wasn't going everywhere dressed up like this in a mask and knickers. But the thing, the good thing is, as I said, I don't actually require the money. To, to get back my, no. my bills, my month, my major Not monthly the overheads, the mortgage on Paisley Park, <clears throat> my car payments, etc. That tends to be covered by the music stuff. So the little bits here and there that I make from the locksmithing, I actually put that aside in a little kitty, and that's my holiday, right? That covers me holiday once <clears throat> a year. I'll go away yeah. sometimes with Sheila Ree or Brown Mark. Dr. Fink, one one of them will usually come with me, right? I usually like to go with someone because if not, it gets dead boring, yeah. doesn't it? And uh, and it's a, it's yeah, a kitty. We, we might go ki- to a Greek island, for instance. And the kit, yeah. the locksmith money, that all gets squirrelled away into just a little post office yeah. savings account, and that's my holiday fund. Yeah, and it's uh, it's my treat, a treat to myself. I think I've earned it. Yeah, you got you got to rest. You got to take a break sometimes. It'll- I mean, I could put it away for my retirement, but you've got to live, haven't you? You don't know how long you've got on this exactly. planet. I might not. I want to go away. Years. I want to get some sunshine on my face. I want to drink yeah. a couple of cocktails and have some interesting seafood once a year. <laughs> <laughs> get some of them Greek fags so, with the um, glass in. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt more alive than when I've smoked them. You know... If you do go to continental Europe, another great thing when you're there, and it, I'm happy if you call me, I can bring them back for you. But you can buy flick knives anywhere. You can buy. It's amazing. They even sell them to kids. Like 
I were in I were in Greece and I went into a news agent's to see if they had a copy of the the paper that I buy is the Minneapolis Times because I like to keep up with what's going on in the in the basketball, you know. I mean, it's pointless, really, because by the time it gets there, yeah. it's like a week out of date. Yeah. But nevertheless, I went in there every morning. It makes you feel comfortable. makes you feel like, yeah, you know... Yeah, sometimes I do... I, one thing about me is I do get homesick, and little things like knowing I can get the local paper make me just feel better. But I were in there just to get the paper. I picked up a fucking flick knife and some porno playing cards. In a fucking news agents, there's kiddies coming think, in and out. You'd think the flick knife would be would be a dangerous object, but no, on the handle, there's like a little cartoon of a palm tree on it. It makes it look like it's a fun item, which I don't I don't agree with that. But I don't. You know they sell a load. I did. I got. And you could get all the um, you could get all the videos as well of the films that's not out on video in in the US yet. You can buy all them. Uh, you can even get Clockwork Orange. You, could, you can't get you that can at all. Get the, the mad thing about Greece is they do mucky videos, but not under the counter. They have them just on the shelf. Any, any company, your nan could be walking yeah. in to buy her fags or whatever, and the mucky films are just there on display. They don't care. Yeah. And that, funnily enough, it's a very Catholic country, so I don't know how it all adds up. It's a weird, but uh, I like it there. I might retire there. I'm not sure. Giving it some thought. Um... Yeah, that's as far as we've come then in this episode for the George Michael uh, Careless Whisper deep dive. Mm, uh, a lot of prints. A minute and 30 into the video. A lot of prints, yeah. Probably too much prints, I think. Never mind, you can never work out how these things are going to go till you start them. So that's that. We'll be back next week with hopefully the second and final part of the Careless Whisper uh, history box. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, don't play with knives. Smoke only in moderation. 